the Bible Study Podcast, episode 291. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues with part five in a series of study on faith. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. I don't think we can talk about faith without talking about healing, because if you go to your New Testament, if you go to the synoptic gospels, that is the first three gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and you look up the word faith, you'll see quite a few things that have to do with healing. You'd get, for instance, the story of the centurion in Matthew 8. When Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking him for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, to that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their place at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. That is not an atypical story for the Gospels. And so we can very quickly determine that faith and healing have something to do with one another. A few other samplings. Matthew 9, take heart, daughter, your faith has healed you, and the woman was healed at that moment. Matthew 15, woman, you have great faith, your request is granted, and her daughter was healed at that moment. Or the opposite of that, Matthew 13, verse 58, and he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. And I wanted to bring up faith and healing because it is, I think, one of the biggest stumbling blocks to our faith is what to do if We think we have faith, we pray for something, and we don't get it. Because we go to these verses in the Bible, and and they certainly seem to indicate that more faith, more results. And I think that's true, but we have to remember that that's part of a story, and it's part of a larger story. But I want to read another story, which has to do with faith and has to do with healing. And this is something that Paul tells us, and he tells us in 2 Corinthians 12. First of all, he tells us about some visions that he has. And then he says, in starting in verse 7, And because of these surpassingly great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults and hardships, in persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And Paul doesn't give us any definition for what his thorn in the flesh is, but A number of times, scholars think that this may be related to a disease that Paul had, and particularly the leading suspicion is a disease of the eyes. And 
The reason for that are places in the Bible where he says, look, I'm writing this with my own hands, see how large the letters are, or when he talks about people in churches who would be willing to pluck out their eyes and give them to Paul if they could. And so there's reason to believe that Paul had an infirmity, something that he prayed for healing for. Now, we have to say that Paul had not a little amount of faith. Remember, this is the same person that towards the end of the book of Acts, he's preaching all night. Somebody falls out a window and falls to their death, and he goes out and prays. God raises the person from the dead. He then goes on preaching. That doesn't necessarily tell us good things about Paul's preaching style, but it does say something about his faith. And so what do we have here? We have here that if you don't have enough faith, you may not be healed, unless perhaps you have too much, in which case you may not be healed. I'm not sure what to do with that. But I think there are some hints back in the Gospels, back in the Synoptic Gospels, about why Jesus did so much healing that may give us an idea of why Paul wasn't healed. Now, Paul tells us, first of all, before we go and leave these verses, that he wasn't healed because God liked him the way he was, in the sense that God liked him to have some weakness that, one, made him less conceited, and two, made him more reliant upon God. So when he asked God, why aren't you healing me? And he asked multiple times, God said, nope, not going to heal you. This isn't just a not now. This is an actual no. Some of us, I think, get not now kind of answers. This is not going to heal you. My grace is sufficient for you. You're going to have to live with what you got. One of my favorite stories about faith comes from Mark, Mark chapter 2. A few days later, then Jesus again entered Capernaum. The people heard that he had come. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowering the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven couple things going on there. So we have a big crowd, enough that people can't get a friend to Jesus, and they don't just say, well, that's too bad, and go home. They start home remodeling. They take off the flat roof of this house, and while probably the homeowner watches in horror from the front row here while Jesus is teaching, suddenly he has a new skylight and there is a pallet being lowered with someone obviously sick and sickness possibly unclean, certainly something that he didn't want in his house in the first place. And suddenly there's a sick person lying in front of Jesus and four people peering from the roof above. And Jesus looks up, sees the four faces and sees what they have done for their friend and sees the faith that they have. They are so convinced that Jesus can bring healing to this friend that they have, one, brought him to Jesus, and two, they have overcome obstacles to bring him to Jesus. And as he looks up at those faces, he sees faith. He doesn't tell us anything about the faith of the person who is to be healed, but he certainly looks up at those four faces and says, he sees their faith, and so he turns to the man and says, you're healed. No, wait a second. He didn't. He turned to the man and he said, son, your sins are forgiven. And I've always pictured that the four friends up on the roof turn to one another and go, what did he say? That wasn't why we brought our friend. We brought him to be healed. 
But Jesus looks at this man and says, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit this was what they were thinking in their hearts, and he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. So Jesus heals this man as an object lesson. He heals this man because he has two things that he's done to this man. He has forgiven his sins and he has healed him. And he said, if I said to him, your sins are forgiven, which he just did, you can't tell if his sins are forgiven or not. There's no outward sign of that inward condition. And so he says, that would be easy for me to say. But if I say, get up, take up your mat and walk, there is an outward sign that you can see. And so he says to the man, first of all, your sins are forgiven, and then says to the crowd, so you know that that is true, I'm going to heal him. And he heals him so they understand that he has the power to forgive sins. Okay, so what's important about that story, or why do I bring that story up? I believe the reason why he tells this man his sins are forgiven is of the two problems the man has, of the two problems we have, the most important one to God, the most important situation long term is our sin. Because our sin leads to life or our sin leads to death and not just life here and not just death here, but long term death. And so he looked at the man, he dealt with him as you deal with somebody in triage. He looked at him and said his most important problem is his sin. And so he dealt with that first. God's priorities and our priorities, as Paul learned, are not always the same. In this story, when he brings healing to this man, he brings healing to the man to teach a lesson, and he brings healing to this man in order to bring praise to God. Now, I believe if we know people who are sick, we are called to pray for them. The Bible says we are. And I believe that God is capable of healing, and I believe that God does bring healing. But I also know that God doesn't always bring healing. And I also know that I cannot tell you when he will and when he won't, that I do not think like God does. So I'm left there with a calling to be faithful to him, to be like those four friends, to support those who may or may not have faith, to support those who need healing, and bring them to Jesus, even over great obstacles. What Jesus does when he gets there is up to Jesus. Do I think that sometimes healing is still limited by a lack of faith? Yes. Do I think that if there's no healing, it's because it's always a lack of faith? No. I think we can do what the disciples do, and they ask Jesus, Lord, we believe, but increase our faith. 
With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Have you ever felt conflict between your faith and feelings? If so, you're not alone. My name is Carly Mercouillier. I'm a licensed therapist and the host of the Therapy and Theology podcast, where we explore popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. I want to invite you to join me every Thursday as we fearlessly name the complexities of our reality, grow in the awareness of who we are, and rediscover the power and purpose of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. Subscribe today at lifeaudio.com.